This is Voyage Around My Arga, a light-hearted conversation about home, family, people's lives, seasonal living, inspirational ideas and of course Argas. This week Charlotte puts the focus on the Australian cookery writer Donna Hay and has a very dodgy story related to her flower of the week involving fairies and foxes. I'm on a mission to explore British cheese and we have handy hints for things to deep freeze. All that and we try to talk about football, not very successfully. Now, to be honest, I don't know whether I'm supposed to bow or curtsy. Oh. Because are you not now Charlotte Toombs, Northcombe Flowers, by royal appointment? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I, um, I was very, very flattered to be asked to supply my florist in Blandford, Sweet Pea, with a selection of British blooms uh, that were going to be made into a posy for Princess Anne that was visiting uh, the camp. How fabulous. Yeah. So uh, they're entirely all my blooms in Princess Anne's fair hands. That's brilliant. Yeah, so I was very chuffed. Oh, many congratulations. Thank you. You know, it was quite a little thrill. <laughs> I so, got quite excited. So you might get a royal warrant now? Or? Probably not. But Dame no, Charlotte too. Maybe to flowers, who yeah. knows. But no, I mean, it just all helps. Everything helps to get the fact that British, you know, that the British can grow flowers. Yeah. And they don't all have to be imported. So, yeah, I was sick. No, that's brilliant. Congratulations. Thank you. So how are you? I gather you were in London at the weekend. I, yes, I I had a weekend in London and saw some friends, which was, that I haven't seen for years and years and years. And it was fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. And just, honestly, just to see new people. It's (laughs) just, I know, uh, Richard, we had some friends to stay uh, Friday night. He was at university with them, um, Paul and Ange. And it was just so lovely to see people that, not connected you haven't spoken about the pandemic yeah you know they've obviously done their stuff during lockdown um but just so nice to talk to somebody different i know not that you're boring me (laughs) thanks You know, not going into an office, not seeing different people every day. I mean, it is. And well, our worlds have become very, very small. Very, very small. Very small. You know, <laughs> it's quite sad, really. It is. I mean, thank goodness for Radio 4, Window on the World. Oh, I love Radio 4. I mean, that's where I have <laughs> all my news. I know. But no, I'm Woman's Hour. So good. good now, ah, now, Woman's Hour. So, yes. What are you thinking about Emma Barnett taking over? I like her. I love her. I like her. Apparently, I was reading an article at the weekend, viewing figures have gone up 30% for Woman's Hour. Really? Yeah. And I actually, I think Anita Rani on a Friday is really good yes. as, as well. But there's a real contrast between yes. them. Actually, today, I was listening this morning, and this is going to get controversial now, but the first item was um, about a uh, trans woman being in um, the Olympic team for weightlifting. Yes, there's been a bit on that on trans. But it was, it was, it's one of those subjects that, you know, when Jenny Murray was presenting it, that caused an outcry when she, you know, had an opinion about the whole thing. And actually, I thought Emma Barnett handled it all very well, to be honest. But I like her news night as well. And I think she's actually settled into the role. Yes. Um, it's a bit odd at first because you're so used to hearing 
Yes, and also when voices. and also when she started, it seemed to it did seem to be a lot more yeah. political and newsy, yes. which I don't have a problem with. But it's actually settled down, and there's much mm-hmm. more variety. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm really impressed with her. I think she's she's very very good. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not for me anyway, but but I do like. No, yeah, but it is very it is very interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, some of the topics you think, oh, you know, if you've got somebody workman or somebody, you know. Plumbing, you know, I think I might just actually turn back to radio too. <laughs> yes, there are some times you're like, I don't need to know about that. Yes, <laughs> yes I know. There's been a couple this week. Like, oh. And of course, the football's on at the moment. Yay! I'm not a football fan. <laughs> and what about your household? Oh, you know, we are there every night watching people play. <laughs> <laughs> No idea what I'm talking Izzy about. Izzy made us laugh last night. One of her friends, her dad's Scottish and mum's English, and they actually had two televisions on side by side <laughs> so they could watch England playing. I don't know who uh, Scotland was. I think were playing Croatia. I don't know who. I think England were playing Czechoslovakia, I think, because it was on because Richard and Izzy. I was like, Richard, when have you been interested in football? Izzy, when have you been interested in football? It, it just passes us by entirely. Yeah. But it's affected my shopping, I'm sure. Well, this is really bizarre. <laughs> I have to say, I came back from Waitrose So what earlier. are you saying, that people that shop in Waitrose aren't allowed to watch football? No, no, no. Was <laughs> I, I was, so I came back from Waitrose earlier and I said to Stephen, oh, it was like Plague of Locusts has been through. That there, there was just the shelves where empty loads of stuff wasn't available. And you had mentioned that you couldn't get a delivery slot. And I know you then you said, actually, I wonder if it is to do with the football because mm. people are ordering and, you know, eating at home and, and you picnics know, and having and picnics and parties and, and all the rest of it. And Stephen said, oh, yeah, maybe you should mention that on the podcast. I said, oh, we can't keep mentioning Waitrose. It's so middle class. And he was like, and having an arger isn't. Yes. <laughs> Other supermarkets are available. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, I'm going to Little tomorrow morning. <laughs> Now, Book of the Week, and it's a bit different this week because actually I have no idea what you're going to mention because you said to me, I know what book I'm doing, and then you wouldn't tell me what it was. <laughs> I didn't think you needed to know. Okay, so <laughs> over to you. Um, Donna Hay, Modern Baking, Cakes, Cookies and Everything in Between. Right. Now, I've never heard of Donna Hay. No, I'm not sure I have. Um, until I bought this for Izzy a couple of Christmases ago. And I read an article about her and thought, oh, that book sounds wonderful. And Izzy was very into her baking. And there are, and it is modern baking. I mean, the recipes and the photography are just phenomenal. It's the most beautiful book. But anyway, Donna Hay has written 27 best-selling cookbooks. And is she, she's Australian? Australian. She's Australian. Um, She's sold over 6 million copies worldwide. Uh, she is Australia's leading food writer and editor, and her recipes sort of focus on basic ingredients, but right. there's nothing basic about the recipes. Yeah, she's very keen on sort of style and photography, which in this book it shows through, doesn't it? It was um, I did say when it was published, didn't I? And the no. pub. Oh, it was published in 2018. Okay. By Fourth Estate. It's not the Australian version. No, it's, it's a UK a, edition. Okay, so um, all, all the um, measurements are also It's in grams the... or cups and grams. Right, okay. Um, and I sometimes do cooking cups, actually. Yeah, actually, I quite like cooking in cups. It's Sometimes it's just a little bit it's easier. It's a bit easier. Yeah, I know. You don't, need, you don't need to get the scales out. No, 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 no. Um, so, no, I'm a great... Um, but from salted caramel 
uh, chocolate swirl meringue, chocolate panna cottas, peanut butter brownies. I mean, the list is just... And she's got a section of light bites and quick cook, quick it recipes. It is beautiful photography. Um, cinnamon brioche churros with caramel. Oh, I love churros. Uh, cheats custard tart. Yeah, one one egg, three egg yolks, creme fraiche, ground cinnamon, caster sugar, vanilla extract, golden syrup. Oh, and she uses wonton wrappers. Okay. <laughs> Which, you know, like you can get the Chinese supermarket or yeah, big supermarkets. Yeah. Um, and as you can see, there's lots and lots of things marked. Um, <laughs> um, Izzy has, uh, these were particularly, um, and she did chewy cinnamon date cookies. Lovely. Like. And there is a, a healthy section and there's a summer section. If somebody likes baking or likes their desserts, I would definitely invest in this book. Treat yourself. Yes. You see, now I'm thinking that has to go on my list because looking at it, it just looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, Salted caramel swirl meringues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they're so pretty. I mean, the, the photography, that is phenomenal because it, it is, looks so inviting. Yeah. You see, now onto every page now we're looking. Oh, look, that looks amazing. Yeah. And this is beautiful. Angel food cake with white chocolate ganache. But she's actually, it's been photographed. On, on a, a white background. On a white cake stand. Yeah looks amazing yeah so um oh i'll have to look into her I've, I've not really heard of her before no so yeah yeah well yes and 27 cookbooks when i was trying to find out a bit more information about her um i mean the range of quick and simple yeah she's got another book coming out soon wonderful well, that's yes. a brilliant recommendation and i'm afraid sorry Stephen, that's going on my list Seasonal ingredient. What is it? Well, I think I'm probably stretching the definition a little bit this oh, yeah? week. Yes, because bear with me. You know that I'm not, although having talked about that book, I might change my mind. You know I'm not a big dessert person, um, but I am a sucker for cheese. I absolutely love cheese. And my favourite cheese absolute favorite is a french cheese called mont d'or mm -hmm. but it's only available in the shops from around mid-october to mid-april so we've missed it so we've missed it so but <laughs> no bear with me bear with me so i've always sort of been on the lookout for something that's similar but why is it only available then right so it is milk from two particular cows um, in the Durham... Breed of cows. Or just breed of cows. cows. No, not two, only two cows. I know. But two, to... I'm sorry. Two breed of cows in the Jura Mountains, um, which is on the borders of so France and, and, and Switzerland. Um, and their milk in the summer is used to make Gruyere and Comte. But when the, there's a reduced yield, uh, it's used to make and create Mont d'Or. Um, and they're probably kept inside, aren't they? Because they won't be eating on the fresh Absolutely. Well, yeah, no because idea. they'll be, because um, cow's diet is different and that's why the milk yields go up. Right, they, okay. Because in the spring and summer, there's more grass, and in right. the winter, they're on a dry or silage diet and they're kept in. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Dairy, dairy. No, well, that's, you should know this. You well, know. That's, I'm not a dairy farmer. Mondor is this most fantastic cheese. It's a soft cheese. It comes in a, a a box a little bit like camembert, but you... The, Unpasteurised as um, well, The isn't it? best way to eat it, well, there's two different ways, but the, you have to let it come to room temperature or, and, or at least warm, and then you spoon it 
out and it is very very runny and it is delicious and you can actually heat it up you can put it in the oven and do like a baked mondor and then have it with french bread but i absolutely adore it but as i say it's not available that much in for that for that long so there are two that i have actually found recently that are a really good um not replacement but um alternative okay and they're both by small local British uh, dairy farms. And one's called Rollwright, which is from Kingstone Dairy in Gloucestershire. Um, they're a small scale uh, farmhouse business that in the in the Cotswolds and they specialize in soft soft cheeses. Rollwright's been around for about four years and I discovered it about three or four months ago. It is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, reminiscent of Mont d'Or, need to let it properly come up to, to room temperature, but it is fabulous. Uh, and then the other one uh, is probably from, I think this company is a little better known, which is the Hampshire Cheese Company that probably best known for Tunworth, okay. um, which is their sort of version of Camembert. And they do one which is called Winslade, which is a cross between Camembert and Mondor, uh, which I've just discovered and is absolutely lovely. Mm. But what, and I think, you know, again, feeding into a lot of the things that we, you know, we talk about and looking at local suppliers and um, and supporting, um, you know, British companies, Gorgeous. because I think you found out that there, how many different cheeses are there in the UK? Uh, there are 750 cheeses in Britain. And there are some extraordinary cheeses. Yeah, amazing. I mean, there's uh, another one, Cornish Yarg, which right. is yeah, yeah, yeah. wrapped in nettles. Yes. Um, and it's actually, well, you probably know it's Gary spelt backwards. Because the, the, the chap. I did not know that. He's called Gary. Okay. Um, okay. Cornish Yarg is, another, is a delicious, delicious one. Stinking Bishop is another quite famous yeah. one, isn't it? Um, but how many do you think um, cheeses there are in France? Oh, I mean, hundreds and hundreds. Well, they say about a thousand to sixteen hundred. Right. Okay. Which I think there's probably a lot, lot more. Yeah. Because there's so many local. Yes. Little, very local village cheese. But it seems to be there seems to be huge growth recently in British cheeses. Yes. I don't know if that's that's true or not. And it, and again, as you know, I mean, I love going to a butcher. The other place I love going is to a, che- a proper cheese shop mm-hmm. as well. Because you know what you can get in the supermarket is fine, but mm. it's actually really good to go to a knowledgeable cheese shop and talk to them mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to taste. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, because you wouldn't buy half the amount of cheese that you buy if you hadn't tasted it. Well, uh, we were we were at a we went for dinner at a friend's house last last Friday and uh we were served the, this cheese and I took a taste and I was like this is absolutely delicious. What is this? And it was Isle of Wight blue cheese. Yeah. Now I don't like blue cheese at all. Um, I don't mind using it in cooking, but I can't stand eating just, you know, I can't stand still turn or just eating it. But having looked into the Isle of Wight blue cheese, um, it's another it's another soft cheese, but it's got it's it's got a short, what do they call it when you're aging the cheese? It's got a very short maturing, aging, maturing period. Um, and if you eat it fairly quick to actually buying it, then it's very mild and you don't really taste it. But if you kept it in the fridge for a couple of weeks, then it would really develop that blue cheese flavour. But it was delicious. delicious. And it just makes you realise there's some of these amazing, amazing cheeses. And of course, because you know there's that whole you can't call a camembert camembert unless it's from so that there's you know they they they're not using the same name sometimes it's difficult to know what what the cheeses are and what sort of family they sit in so i know it's not exactly a seasonal ingredient but i just thought it was worth talking about it's interesting because there are cheeses 
the Mont d'Or does have a season. Yes, it does. Um, you know, oysters have a se- have yeah. seasons. There's yeah. like months where you can't eat oysters. So, you know, it's it's education, isn't it? And you learn something. Indeed. So, so I would please go online and look up the uh, the Kingstone Dairy and Hampshire Cheese Company and have you, um, try them. week and which is what is it's handy tips on how to deep freeze such as so did you know that you can you can put ginger just a piece of ginger in the freezer and you can use it straight from the freezer and, and it, it is saves it from getting shriveled at the door of your fridge. It does. It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And you can just keep it in the freezer. And I mean, it is that. hard work to grate it. Yes. But, 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 you know, you've got fresh ginger when you need fresh ginger. Absolutely. And there's many things that... Chilies? Oh, no, I didn't. You know, when you buy a packet of chilies yes. and you only want, want two or three yeah. and they end up getting shriveled yes. <laughs> in the crisper drawer. Well, I just chuck all the chilies in the freezer now um, and cut them frozen. Oh, that's great. Uh, and you also being frozen. You, you know, can, yeah, finally. absolutely. Um, and you can sort of just, because they take seconds to defrost, so you can cut them down the middle and scoop out the, the seeds. Yeah. Sometimes I just don't bother. Well, and I know we've, we've, talked, we've talked before about, you know, having, if you've got herbs, you can chop the herbs, mm. put them in an ice cube tray and then, you know, and to freeze them and use, and use those. But there's other things that um, I just thought it was worth mentioning, like, parmesan rind yeah so a parmesan rind which can add a huge amount of flavor to something like a risotto or something like that you can freeze those use them in your risotto just take them out before because they don't melt away but it just adds a lot of flavor yes, and they're I, fantastic um, risotto i freeze the liquid from like cooking a ham to then make a ham and pea risotto you know, that's if you have a, a big great idea ham, yeah so i'll then keep the liquid and yeah. freeze it um I mean, sometimes it can be way too salty, but usually if you've soaked the ham before, and actually ham's not as salty as it's it used to be. It's nowhere near as, I actually don't, I don't tend to soak my no. ham anymore, because um, it's nowhere, you're right, it's nowhere near as salty but as if it you Because I tend to part boil it, then roast it. Right, so in okay. that part boiled water, I will yeah. freeze for um, probably a risotto, you know. When you've got some ham or yeah, yeah, yeah. chicken or, you know, just okay. to add some flavour. And chicken, and chicken, that's the other thing. So chicken carcasses. So if you, you know, and I, I know a lot of people who do home stocks will actually use the cooked chicken mm-hmm. carcass rather than actually uncooked yeah. um, chicken. But it, one, sometimes one carcass just isn't enough or you yeah. can't be bothered to make a stock. Just break it down, shove it in the freezer. And then when you've got two or three of them, then make your, your stock. Brilliant. And that's a really good way of, I guess you um, could... of doing it shove in vegetable peelings you could have yeah, almost you could. have a bag in yes. the freezer and just shut and just shove it in yeah. um because otherwise you're just wasting so much of that or you're just not gonna well if there's you know there's only two of you so you're not cooking vast numbers yeah. i mean when i've everybody's home there's five of us and there's usually is yes enough um but you know especially if you're you don't have roast chicken that often and a few chicken thighs but it's it, it's been uh, Ever since we, I really didn't use the freezer that much, I have to say. Before lockdown, I used to get what we needed day to day. I used to cook every night, but we just, and because both Steve and I used to travel so much, um, I don't know why I didn't use it. I just didn't use the no. freezer that that much. And it was so easy, you know, especially working in, in central London to just pop into a shop on the way home. Ever since lockdown, 
happened, um, then I really had to start to use the freezer. Now, I don't know how I ever got by without yeah. it. I'm much better at using it. In fact, so much so that yeah, had, chest. I'm getting a I chest when, freezer. I mean, when the children were little, I used to have milk in the freezer and I'm, we lived in pools, so it wasn't, but it was just butter. Butter. I freeze butter. So do I. I keep spare butter cheese. in the... Cheese. Yeah. You eat all your cheese. Well, I tend to eat all the cheese, but um, butter I keep in the freezer. Cheddar. I've usually got cheddar in the freezer. Okay. Well. Um, milk. Milk is funny. Sometimes you defrost it and it's it's gone well, off. Well, I, I and then other times, milk. But, um, but I tend not to do that with, with milk because um, I found it was a bit hit and miss. But I think that's that. There's so much that you can keep in the freezer that people just aren't. And the other that I freeze when I've got when my chickens they're not at the moment, but I've got a glut of eggs. Um, I make up an egg mixture, like a scrambled egg mixture, omelet mixture, and freeze it. Ah, so now I knew you could freeze egg whites. So that if you've um, used a lot of egg yolks in a recipe and you've got egg whites, you can freeze egg whites. I didn't know you could freeze. You can't freeze yolks no, separately. No, but if you, as if you're going to make an omelette, so yes. you whisk them up together with a bit of milk. Yeah. And then I freeze them in either the big ice cube trays or the uh, silicon cupcake really? molds. Never... Um, and it makes the most delicious, creamiest scrambled egg. I, it's incredible. It's like it, cha- it actually makes the scrambled egg better for some reason. Um, oh. So then I've, so I've got these discs of egg yeah. in the freezer for when we do run out of eggs and you can just make... Or if you bought, you know, you buy too many eggs, but I mean, eggs do last for ages. Yeah. But if you were going on holiday, um, you didn't, you'd probably give them away, but you could freeze them. Well, <laughs> that's a whole list of things. Yeah, handy. Very handy, handy tips. Tips of what people do. Fabulous. And if anyone's got any great ideas of what they put in their freezer and things that they, Ooh. they should, please let us know. Bananas. Bananas for smoothies. Right. Um, my children will eat bananas. I'll buy bananas. Then no one's eating bananas. So there's a limit to how much banana cake you can make. Cut them up into thin slices. Put them on a, a bit of greaseproof paper on a tray. Freeze them. And then you've got them for smoothies. Oh, wow. Or um, okay. there's meant to be a really quick, easy ice cream recipe. Well, and of course, you don't need to defrost them either. No. You can just you shove them straight in the... Um, Frozen. Fr- yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> Welcome to the future Dame Charlotte's Corner. <laughs> Floral Corner. Yes. So this week's flower is the foxglove. Oh. And have you seen lots on your woodland walks with Archie? Um, uh, do you know what a foxglove is? I do, <laughs> I do know what a foxglove is, but no, actually, no. I can't. On, on, no, I don't think I have. Because they do like woodland shady areas. Have and, it is, got, and it is very shady. Have you not got any in your garden i don't know oh okay we'll have a look we'll have a look um, <laughs> anyway its name comes from early anglo-saxon times and it's quite a sweet little story um legend has it believes that sympathetic fairies gave <laughs> stop sympathetic fairies gave reniard the fox foxglove blossoms to wear on his toes to muffle his approach to his prey so the fairies. So the fairies helped the the fox, fox catch go and murder fairy. people. Yes, yes, well, not people. Yeah, chickens. Yeah, the fairies helped fox murder, <laughs> murder the chickens because the foxes had little um, little foxglove fox blossoms on their paws, which is quite sweet. And that's why they came. Not for the chickens. Foxgloves. <laughs> 
but it's quite a, yeah, I know it's not. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Oh, shut up. Um, and the entire foxglove plant is poisonous. Um, the t its roots and its seeds, everything is toxic. Um, and death by foxglove is rare, but cases exist. Really? Hmm. Digitalis is, no, I mean, you, you knew it was poisonous, didn't you? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I guess, this is not my area of expertise. Well, no, 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 but I guess as, but as children, you always are told, don't play with the foxgloves. I mean, I wasn't. I maybe it tells something about my parents, but I remember well, putting I was them gonna, on my fingers <laughs> as witches' fingernails. I was going to say, my parents used to force feed me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was allowed to put them on my fingers. I, and I was talking to Izzy, and Izzy said, yeah, I always remember you saying, just don't touch them, because they're poisonous. Oh, gosh, okay. Um, but I don't know how much you'd have to eat. Well, maybe we just didn't have them in Bristol. Maybe. And there are a few. I mean, I know some florists won't won't use them because right, okay. they are toxic. But then, you know, you can say, please don't go eating the flowers. I mean, the world that we live in is so they're ridiculous. So they're, 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 they're only toxic if you eat them. Yeah, if you touch yeah, them yeah, or something. Yeah, well, and then lick your fingers. Right, okay. Um, and uh, they say that foxgloves have a high energy that some, I don't know, it's like crystals and stuff, but okay. they give off a lot of energy. And it's and they're perfect to mark the beginning of a new project or a job to celebrate a new home or inspire energy and productivity. So it's got quite a nice quite a nice meaning. Okay. Um, but the bees love them right. because they're like a high-rise yes. pollen. Yeah. And on a wet day, you can often, if you peek inside the blossom, you can see bumblebees asleep. Oh, really? Like little sleeping bags. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And they are biennials, so plant them now for next year. But the seed is like dust. It's it, it's like sowing dust. Um, so you just sprinkle it, basically? You sprinkle it. Well, you can't. You can't. I mean, it, they are like specks of dust. So you have no control over where they go. I mean, I try and separate them. Yeah. But it's incredible that this dust grows into these... Into plants that are huge so do you so then do you use them in bouquets or anything or do yeah, you take yeah, yeah. you, you do I did, yeah you do. i had okay. some go out yesterday and um a florist uh has picked some up this morning okay for a wedding that she's doing on wednesday and what uh, color are, are they one particular color they uh, come the in different colors that, or uh i've got some of the wild purple ones which i use because i think they're just beautiful yeah sort of deeps blues and purples um and then i grew a variety called sutton's apricot which is like a peachy okay apricot I think, yeah, I took put some pictures on my Instagram because they were so beautiful, especially oh, with the rain. Yeah. Them. They're lovely. So do grow foxgloves. And do they have a good vase life? They do have a good vase life. Uh, not, I mean, not probably about four or five days. Okay. Um, and they are, and they flower from June till September. So can I ask a question about vase life and everything? So when when should you... If you've got flowers in your garden, when should you cut them to use them in a vase? Because I was you just wait until they're all flowered. Do you should you take them when they're slightly before they're fully yeah, open? Yeah, I mean everyone is slightly different, and ideally you want to try and get them sorry bees, but before they've been pollinated. Right. Okay. Um, because obviously, one well, not obviously, but once they've been pollinated, it signals to the flower that they can set seed and die. Right. Um, so why one cuts early in the morning is that the bees, you're beating the bees, they're still asleep okay. before the sun's come on them. Yeah. Um, and you get to recognise ones that have been poll pollinated and ones that haven't. Some of the flowers have lots of different 
sort of flowering umbrels on them at the same time and you have to tend to wait until one of those is fully open yeah otherwise the others will die right okay so i'm doing yeah. hand signals which does that make sense yes it does um so you just it's i do a lot of research and it's just reading okay poppies they something called the cracked bud stage so you're looking they've got those like furry velvety cases yeah. and you're looking for a little crack and then you can pick it um, okay. And then you'll get maximum. Okay. But also it helps if you change the water yes. and cut the stems at yes. an angle. Yeah. Because you picked yeah. your first sweet peas, haven't you? I mean, it's amazing from having been worried about them. And now there's so many. And you've got to pick every yes. single one. Yeah. To yeah. keep them coming. Yeah. So, and there were a variety of colours and everything. I'm really pleased, really pleased. Because right, it was a disaster first, of last year. Well, that's the first thing you've grown from seed to... It is seed to vase. It is yes. So no, it's, well done. No, I'm. I'm, I'm and really you're eating pleased. your salad, are you? Uh, yes. Although some of it's now bolted, it's suddenly. Yeah. So you Bolt. were right in that I need to sort of start some new off as well because I'm amazed at how quickly it's yeah. it's grown. But it's lovely. It's I lovely. think it's every sort of like oh, I don't know two to three weeks. Yeah, one no, should I can really see. make notes for yeah. the optimum, and then of course the weather. You know, it's yes. been so wet. That's it. We've come to the end of another episode. Wow, that went quickly. It did go very quickly. And we're um, it's going to be confusing, isn't it? Because we're planning something different. Well, not confusing, but we've always um, released our episodes on a Wednesday. But one of the things that we've realised is that, that when we record and when the episode actually comes out, there's often a bit of a, a Gap time lag and a time it? lag and and sometimes we're talking about things that have kind of gone in the in the in the past and so what we've decided to do is kind of condense the time between recording and releasing an episode but in order to do that and accommodate our diaries that the episode after this so your next episode will actually be on a friday not so on a not on a Wednesday. So the first Friday episode will be Friday the 9th of July. July so, already. I know. So there's going to be there's going to be a two days later than we've been um, up to this up to this point on a Wednesday. Um, and I think that uh, it'll make us more topical. Generally, there'll only be a couple of days between us recording and then actually releasing. So the we're going to try and do it at the middle of the week, aren't we? Yeah. So we're going to we we so that we're a bit more up to date. Yeah. rather than talking about a lot of things that it confuses you know. me doesn't it well it was a bit like you know when we were talking about line of duty and by the time that we were talking yeah. about line of duty the next episode had gone <laughs> gone out have you watched the prison uh, oh i haven't seen the last episode oh. let's talk about that next time then. So oh my god it is but i don't ex- want to go to prison extraordinary performances by sean bean and Steve. And what Graham. would you do i mean just a bit you know, if it was your son i know if it was archie yeah <laughs> right with the hat Please don't forget that you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Voyage Around My Arga, and you can email us at voyagearoundmyarga at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your thoughts and ideas. If you've got any suggestions of what you keep in your freezer um, to uh, to make things a little bit quicker or to save time, we'd love to hear about it. And we will be back with you on the 9th of July. So with that... Goodbye. Goodbye.